0: You're listening to 103.5 WNHH Community Radio. This is The Table Underground, and I'm your host, Tegan Engel. We're digging into stories of food, radical love, and creative social justice. Excitement and love abound in Raven Blake and Dyshawn Harris, who are on a mission to transform lives one home garden at a time through their new Love Fed initiative. The two New Haven, Connecticut Natives have both worked in food, Daishan on farms and gardens, and Raven in wine and hospitality. Both are acutely aware of the food apartheid in low-income Black communities they grew up in, where fresh healthy food is hard to find, and diet-related illnesses are harming Black and Latinx communities at significantly higher rates than white communities. Inspired by the historical importance and wisdom about food in their families and their communities, they're raising funds to build gardens and hold workshops for free for people who can't afford to do it themselves. At the New Haven Land Trust Garden by the Old Armory on Gough Street, where they both grow food and build community. I wanted to learn more about their plans for spreading garden and food knowledge and the broader impact they hope to have in the communities they were raised in. Good morning, Daishan. Good morning, Reven.
1: Good morning. How are you doing today, Taken?
0: Good morning. Good morning. So we are out... At a garden in New Haven by the Armory on Gough Street. And I'm wondering
1: if you can tell me a
0: little bit about this garden where we are.
1: Sure, so I'll start off. Um, This garden is a fairly new garden, actually. We um, broke ground last year, around this time, actually. We put 12 beds in. It's on the side of an abandoned armory building. Um, There was nothing being done with the building, so the New Haven Land Trust actually. Um, worked it out so that we can start a community garden out here um raven and myself are both active members of this garden and we are actually going to expand it this year so that's pretty awesome anything you want to add to it
2: no you basically hit all of those things. yeah we hope to have more events this year too um mm-hmm. and get a grill <laughs> so cool. it'll be you a little kickback spot
0: Nice. So, can you tell me? Let's start with you, Deshawn. How did you get into gardening and farming?
1: Great question. So, um, it probably started when I was just living um, with family um, or around family. My grandmother comes from a farm in Virginia. So, um, she kept that with her. And she's also like, you know, she was older while I was growing up. So she was just around the house and gardening and was something that she just took to. So I always helped her with the physical labor. Um, And then, you know, graduating from college and experiencing the real world, having to, you know, start to take care of myself and being an adult, I just started to to see things for what they were and um, started to understand, like, the necessities that people need. And food was definitely one of those necessities. So I was just adamant about... um, learning how to do these things considering my great grandfather my grandmother's father raised 14 kids on a farm and they lived very well they all lived older healthier um and so i just was like well if he can do it uh 50 60 70 80 years ago i'm pretty sure i can do it now <laughs> hopefully So I just um, hopped into it and I decided to volunteer at a few places, um, including um, New Haven Farms. I actually did a program there with them for um, a growing season. Um, I also volunteered at uh, the Yale Sustainable Food Project um, and the Marsh Botanical Gardens, the Yale Botanical Gardens. Um, And then I also volunteered at Common Ground, eventually ended up being hired at Common Ground and I worked there for three to four years um, as a farmer, environmental educator, um, farm educator, uh, and just developed my skill set mm-hmm. through there, indeed. Mm.
0: Great. And Reven, what got you into gardening?
2: Um, I, most of my background has come from hospitality. I studied hospitality and food service management uh, when I was at Syracuse. And afterwards, I was really mostly in the wine industry. A lot of my experience has just been that um, since post, you know, post college. So, I food and wine were definitely, obviously, of my interests have been all uh, for a long time. So, um, but for the past few years, I've been following kind of just um, different social justice uh, movements and awareness, um, trying to be more aware on those. Issues, But a very real one for me, I think, coming from a uh, hospitality and food industry background was food justice issues, um, especially because um, for a lot of the work that I've done and being at a certain level in these fields, you're there's a, it's very separate from the realness of everyday life. And um, when, you know, even when I was living in New York, Coming home to a food desert Even though I just like had come from a nice Gala or you know something for an event And I used to work for a magazine too so Um you know and, and then I had grown up in in All around New Haven in Newhallville Um in Fairhaven at some point Beaver Hills for a long time so Um I You know these types of neighborhoods have been Very familiar to me and home to me And when my mother and I lived In New Hallville, we lived on Reed Street At this home that my where my great grandparents um, lived and raised nine children at and and then when we were living there we you know had their garden that they raised so they just had so many things in that backyard it was crazy like and mm-hmm. then um my great grandfather tended to that a lot and you know had grape vines on the little like veranda in the backyard and um would make jam out of it and there was but you know none of their children ever went starving so um you know, I think that definitely made a big imprint in, in my interest to even start gardening myself, um, and wondering why um, it's such a it's it's something that was so cultural that's so lost now, um, and you know just been more interested personally in getting folk back into that. Um, so much so that I enrolled in a culinary program that's plant-based, and I just feel like this is where my life work is going towards now. So. Mm that's awesome yeah so for people who don't know some of the
0: neighborhoods you mentioned are in terms of food there's mostly just some corner stores and there's not like much fresh food around or or healthy food around but in newhallville in particular there are tons of community gardens that are just amazing and they are mostly run by or until recently have mostly been run by like older folks like you're saying like grandparent each so it's really exciting that you're taking that up Yeah. yeah that's great um so the two of you have started an initiative recently mm-hmm. that has to do with gardening. You want to tell us about it?
2: Yeah. So, you know, you know, everything being said that I just said, was, I've been thinking about how to get into this work. Because for me, particularly not having like background where um, I work, like I've done like volunteer stuff and worked with community on a level, you know, with kids and stuff like that. But then leaving in New York and coming back to New Haven, still being in the hospitality industry, but wanting to transition into um, work around justice. Um, you know, I wasn't qualified because I didn't have, you know, it was on my resume. I, like all this other stuff was. So I was just really like, what can I do um, to get into this work? And I was just like, just create it because I'll just be around here, you know trying to get a job this whole time when I could just be doing something. So I came, I went to Dyshawn, because we had been talking about doing things for a long time um, since I met him last year, actually around this time. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what, like, why, we should get people to start gardening at home again. And it was just very simply like that. I was like, you know what, like, this is what I've been doing, this is what you helped. He actually helped me last year, like build beds for my yard. And stuff like that. And I was like, we should just be doing this for other people. And and he was like, sure. (laughs) He was like, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) So ever since then, that was like the conversation we had in January. Um, And ever since then, we've been talking with people, connecting more. And it's been gaining um, definitely a nice little grassroots momentum that I I think is definitely. But it was wanted. So that's why it's it's getting uh, some attention now.
0: Yeah, and it seems like the timing is good because, I, Daishan, I noticed that you sort of set out on your own sometime last year to start doing this work. So, te- yeah, tell us your your perspective on this.
1: Yes, I actually started out, I left Common Ground the end of 2016, I want to say. Um, so it was like the closing of the season. Um, so as a farmer, that's pretty much the end of your work year, unless you're doing like administrative tasks, per se, um, or you're like really into um, season extension, which is Another thing that we can talk about so anyway I started to um, I started my own LLC actually it's called root life and it basically um, is the culmination of all the skills I've developed over time through my volunteer work and my actual um like professional career work as a farmer and an educator and I basically um, offer services for getting Home gardens up and running, um, community gardens up and running, school gardens up and running. Um, I also, er- offer products like um, seedlings, like kitchen herbs, uh, uh, seeds. Um, I also do um, home and beauty products like um, all natural, like uh, shea butters. All that just culminated off of everything that I have learned and developed, like my skill sets, on over the past seven or eight years, I would say. So. That's been you know running pretty smooth any startup business, you know you have to um, go through that initial phase of getting everything really running. That being said, when when Raven came to me with the idea to do this nonprofit initiative, it made the most sense because it's always been a part of um, what I wanted to do. Like everything I wanted to do, even when I started agriculture, was for my community. I'm a very community community oriented person. And in a like real personal sense, like person-to-person, community-oriented person. Um, and I'm pretty sure people will vouch for that. But so just looking at the personal things that people were going through around me, um, no matter what, who they were, no matter their age, their race, their gender, their socioeconomic status, like just looking at like just the underlying patterns of what's systematically wrong in the world we're living in today and then taking into account the history that we've come from, all of us, um, especially as far as being able to at least provide for ourselves and the necessities so that we don't have to be in these certain situations um, on any level. I just decided that, yes, um, since this is something that I will push anyway in the background, we might as well make this something legit that we can really like, expand. And I feel like she brings a lot of positive energy and um, great skill sets that I don't have to make this really work.
0: That's great. So what is your new nonprofit initiative called?
1: Love Fed New
0: Haven. Tell me a little more about like, specifically what you're trying to do.
2: Right now, we're definitely in the beginning stages of everything. So we're raising money. We're having an event on May 5th coming up that we'll talk about later. Um, but we're just raising money to kind of get things off the ground, get incorporated as well. Um, so it's very grassroots right now. Um, but we want to have bare minimums that we can offer people and those being raised beds that we can actually um, get people for free, um, specifically in these low, com- low income um, pockets with the- throughout neighborhoods in New Haven. And, um, and then help them through the process like from start to finish, like this is how you build it, you know, so building it together with them, assessing their space that they have if they have access to their backyards because so, uh, a lot of people we anticipate will probably be living inside so we want to be able to provide them something just even like a shelving unit you know um, w- that they can grow things on and setting that up for them with you know how to grow seedlings and you know the just the very beginning stages of thinking around growing your own food and like if this takes how you know however many weeks working backwards like you were telling me the other day i was like duh <laughs> <Working> <laughs> yeah you got a plan right, right like you how got long a plan. it takes for things to right. grow and it's easiest when you know how long it takes right so that's why you
0: have a good partnership you got the growing info the business info right that, that's a good partnership
2: right so um yeah um and we're looking to start next week um because obviously it's going to be the first of april like first week of april so it's it's definitely that time and it's definitely warming up Yeah. Um, um, But there's so many other things. We also want to keep it going um, because a part of, you know, giving this to people, we realize that a a thing that we don't want to avoid is just, like, giving handouts and not cultivating, taking the time to cultivate um, people feeling connected to this. So we want them to feel invested and have events programming consistently um, around that's accessible to them and around growing your own food, how to make the things that you've grown with wellness in mind. Um, if they wanna, you know, do like yoga or Reiki or, or just have an artist come through and talk about their experience, even if it's just around like, you know, social, social justice um, work or like history lessons on, uh, you know, um, relation, our relationships with food and land, in this country Mm -hmm. um all things that you know people think are interested in but it's not they don't feel like it's accessible it's accessible but once you know they start gardening their own food you do become more aware of food on a level just like naturally and and to cultivate that community for people to even you know go to each other um for food um you know because a lot of people don't even know their neighbors right so but if you're growing together um and and you're meeting up consistently with other people who you know are growing. Then that, you know, starts, uh, you know, um, groups within the community who, you know, can really even if, even small groups throughout the different neighborhoods can really alleviate a lot of food insecurity and um, and start just spreading the awareness about how they can empower themselves and, and do the work themselves, too. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've think what you're saying is really important because building those relationships and helping reconnect with each other and with the with growing is super important um and it is how you see lasting change right when it's just one person or they're just getting something for free it doesn't mean as much but when you when people have those relationships with you with each other that that's really important Indeed. did you want to say something
1: yes and um just looking at it from um what's already being done in new haven from whoever um it's one step closer or one step more personal than the community garden aspect but we intend to like funnel people to get to that level um there are certain there's just we live in a, t- a day and age where it's just harder and harder to get people to actually want to or understand what just growing food and just the gardening farming life really is about because it like society kind of contradicts it in a way um instant gratification versus like planting a seed and consistently cultivating that seed until you get a yield um so it's hard to like talk about or try to get someone enticed beyond you know like i have health issues so i have no choice but to try this so being more personal and being able to go and talk to people about why they want their particular um like garden even growing like what what are you in this for like do you have a family member who has diabetes or are you um having issues with purchasing organic food so maybe you can subsidize by growing your salad greens or something just really being a little bit more personal so that we can actually like assist the movements that are going on not necessarily Mm. organizations but the actual movements of what these organizations represent because i mean everyone is trying to do like really great things I'm, i'm pretty sure most people who get into like this active work um, have an idea, at least in the beginning of really making a change, but then systematic things come. You have to wait for this to get clear. You have to wait for that to get clear. Um, timing is everything. Um,
0: So it sounds like some of what you're saying is it's really important to connect with people growing food at home. Yes. Can you tell me more like why? So I'm hearing that there's Mm -hmm. this disconnect, like people not Mm -hmm. participating in community gardens, or it's like just hard to get people out and doing stuff, Mm -hmm. and that you're wanting to start with that piece of growing at home. Yes. Tell me a little more why that feels so
1: important. Um, So yes, it feels important because from my experience um, working in these community gardens, not necessarily being on a payroll for any organization but really wanting to see a change and just being able to like look at it from a mutual or neutral perspective um again it's growing food in general is something that's foreign in our country like literally like a lot of our food comes from foreign like places so it's hard to not even convince people that this is the thing to do but to actually get them to actually put out or etch it in their schedule Mm -hmm. because everything like beyond instagramification like who has time for anything nowadays you know like everyone's always busy always on the go which is fine but it's just like um certain things i feel like we have to take care of our necessities and i feel like one of the reasons why we're even in the situation we're in as far as the food system goes and the food injustice is because um like, with anything, if you're not familiar with processes, you're not familiar with it, what it really takes to do something, then you'll just be okay with anything because you don't really know the premises of what's going on to even, like, feel some type of way. So, with this education, hands-on, as far and um, mental education as far as um, learning how to, like, take care of yourself or empower yourself through, um, like, growing your own food, I feel like this particular project or non-profit that we're starting is very crucial especially in a place like New Haven where again you got people walking by who may need who seem like they may be accepting of free food or food that they can grow somewhere there's so much gardening space um, it's just I feel like empowering people to actually learn how to grow themselves in their own settings or whatever they're at can literally change the world and spark seeds um, that will produce all types of creativity as far as agriculture goes, indeed.
2: Yeah, I think people definitely, there's definitely a mindset, especially for people of color right now, or, you know, has been for a long time that there's so many painful experiences around land and working the land that, um, you know, in previous or, you know, just generations just before us, people were moving out of that, like they're moving out of that into workplaces and they're looking for equity in workplaces and stuff like that. And so anything that represents um, w- agriculture, or, you know, doing farm work, like really, you know, brings back memories that people don't want to go to or now they associate with not empowering um, by doing it themselves or being able to control something like that. But, you know, re- for representing, um not, you know, success or, you know, moving forward progression. Um, when, in a lot of ways, you know, things have been lost in that history and, um, losing those practices that, you know, a lot of us don't think that we can't, we are learning anything if we do slow down and do something like even have like a one bed in our backyard and grow something. Um, but obviously even just from our personal experiences we know that there is an impact and it doesn't even have to be anything that's like really big like you grew up on a farm but it's just something like your grandparents gardening and that exposure to your children so you know and a lot of people too with young children what you know might be interested in something like that just because it's it's um you know getting your kids to learn um something like that is really intriguing to folk but I don't think like they don't know where to start or you know they don't they don't have the supplies and the materials to get those things um and then you know maybe they got a few kids or something but then you know once it's a thing that you're gardening like everybody can garden it's mm-hmm. definitely activity for kids mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and and walking through it with them that's like an activity instead of you know video games and you know other stuff like that mm-hmm. um and it, and you do learn a self-sufficiency through it. Like, it's very empowering, and we want to, you know, talk on and speak on those relationships with people um, to let them realize that, um, how it can change their lives.
0: I think this piece you're talking about is important around a lot. A lot of the communities that you're talking about working with are predominantly African-American, mm-hmm. and both of you are, are young African-American leaders, and... The association that a lot of Black Americans have with agriculture and growing things—if they didn't have the good fortune of having like a grandparent or a parent who was, you know, growing in their home in their backyard—is slavery mm-hmm. and the the oppression and genocide that happened through agriculture in our country. And so, um, Daishan, I know that you have participated in the Black and Latinx Farmers Immersion Program at Soulfire Farm, mm-hmm. and. Learning about that history and also healing around that to connect with the land and connect with growing food in mm-hmm. a way that addresses that really specifically is a big part of that program. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you could talk about your personal experience um, that you had going through the uh, Black and Latinx Farmers Immersion One and Two at Soulfire Farm, and and also how that's informing the work
1: that you're trying to do. Awesome, awesome. Give me a second to think back to the first time I went to Soulfire. Um, I was actually working at Common Ground at the time and um I got to go to this program that Sofar farm in Grafton, New York. Mm-hmm. Um I hadn't heard of Sofar before and so I applied for it. It was for a week in the summer and it was for up and coming black and Latino uh, act like farming activists, agricultural activists. Basically, it was a program for new farmers of color, basically people of color. When we got there, it was a totally different experience. First off, it I didn't even know there was land like that up north, especially in New England and New York. Um, but it looked like we were like down south on a farm somewhere, which was awesome. It was just a whole different experience. Um, some of that could have been because it wasn't actually work. It was more so of a program. Um, but when we got there, we were... Immediately, like invited into the space in ways that's kind of hard to explain but um just the energy of soul fire like there were like bonding moments like almost immediately between like completely complete strangers from all over the country um all over the world i want to say because people were coming from all all types of places and so there were about i want to say like 20 to 25 of us that year and we got to work and help Soul Fire, like, um, with their farm, which they, um, do a lot of things with, but one of the things they do is a community, um, CSA. So we got to, uh, help them grow their food for that week. We got to camp out on their land. There was a lot of, like, soul searching. There was a lot of connection, um, to ancestors to the land. There was a lot of, um, talk about just the ills of the system, the history of the system and ills of the system, I think that was like some of the like interesting stuff to me um just to see the struggle oftentimes when you even if you're like real um in tune with uh history as far as like documentaries and what happened in history, no one really talks about the farming side of things or if you do, it's kind of like for me growing up in the inner city it's like distant it's like. So farmers had a rebellion because of what? Like this was what? Like you know, like mm-hmm. it's like Shay's rebellion. So you
0: you learn some really specific things about the history there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They
1: put it into context too. Maybe sure. it was like the age that I had, the maturity that I had reached at the time. But they put everything into context. Like it's not just like oh, this is for farmers. This is something that farmers got in their book, and it has nothing to do with me because. I may not be a farmer, but it's like, no, like this is the backbone of how we eat in our country. And this is like, these were real issues that were being brought up because they really affect the lives of everybody and not just like a section of people we call farmers. Sure. So just um, incorporating that into like the struggle of people of color in America and just putting it all together, blending it all together, and then exposing us to um, activism. That um, they were involved in and that they had connections to and just showing us like the program itself showed me that I wasn't alone because I went there mm-hmm. at a time where when I was when I decided to become a farmer, people looked at me like I was crazy. Like, you know, I came home with the college degree, had offers to do other types of office work and, you know, really, you know, move up in the world. But it was just something that I needed to do. So but I was like in New Haven, I was like the only one like, you know, at the time so going up there and just seeing people um a lot of people were from new england that they had that for that session and just seeing like oh okay people that are my age people that look like me coming from like similar settings as me as far as like inner city and things like that and settings that are not similar um just seeing that there are people out here with the same mission with the same passion with the same agenda um that was so great so that first we got established and I've been um, working or just visiting and doing things with them ever since. Last year I actually um, was able to help f- uh, facilitate uh, the 2.0 version, which is basically um, the next level for participants of the BLFI program. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was an amazing experience because it, it gave me a chance to gauge my own growth. Um, again, I went there as a, a newbie, like, literally. Yeah, like how old were you when you did the program? Like, Good question.
0: Early 20s, yeah?
1: Um, Yeah, early to mid-20s, okay. yes, indeed, indeed. But as a farmer, like, when I went there, I didn't know much, just, you know, enough to my job, basically. But just coming back and being able to be the one to actually like guide people and help people with what they're going through in their particular environments even though I haven't been there it just speaks to like all right the level of understanding that I've been able to obtain um about just activism grassroots work agriculture and just insightful things about just just plants and stuff it was just awesome indeed yeah Yeah, indeed
0: that's really exciting We've been talking about a lot of wonderful things, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure we have some time to talk about plants, since that's nice. a lot of what this is all about. And nice. spring is upon us and things are starting to come out of the ground. Can you share a little bit about some, some plants that you're really excited to, to see come up? Sure. I can start with that.
1: I have some garlic that I planted last fall um, in the neighborhood, and I'm always happy to see that. I think it's like it's fourth year. In the neighborhood, so that's something that I find interesting um I don't know if people are, are familiar with like seed saving, and I do it like loosely, but just the thought of something actually transforming because it's been like produced for generations in a certain area and it's been acclimated to that area, and just understanding that why we should eat local like the were underlying principles of like the local food that you grow um is in contact with the same types of microorganisms and things in the atmosphere that we are like because we're right next to it in our immediate environment so it it kind of grows and it kind of is conducive to what we're used to just in general overall so replanting things that I've grown on my own has been um something great so the, the early spring garlic one of the favorite one of my favorite things that I look forward to just in general for the growing season is um purslane first lane is a weed and it's a disclaimer weeds are just plants that the whoever's in charge of the garden or the farm doesn't want in that space um pretty much say it again, say it again. <laughs> weeds Go ahead. are just plants plants that can be edible medicinal or just healthy for the soil or for the things growing around it that uh in the particular person in charge of the farm or the garden or the growing space does not want there so even if i want to just grow all tomatoes in a raised bed and there just happens to be a pepper plant in the middle, even though we eat peppers in the grocery store, we know this. In that particular case, that pepper plant is technically a weed. So just keep that concept in mind because a lot of times I see weeds, like especially poetically, being used as like something that's like, ugh, like the weeds. Mm-hmm. But um so like yes, Perslain has like the highest source of omega three fatty acids. Um, which is a green green source of omega three fatty acids, and it's literally a weed in your garden. Like it's like right, free it's going to pop up like yes. in
0: every garden you plant, it's going to show up there. So I'll I'll post a picture up yes. on Thank the you. website because it's really good for adding into your salads, yes. smoothies, smoothies, all kind of yes, stuff. Yes, indeed, indeed, it's super super healthy and indeed. free. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you don't even have to buy the seedling. It's just going <laughs> to show up in your garden. Which is awesome. If not the first year, definitely the second year. Indeed, so. especially in New Haven. So, yeah. Yes. And Raven, how about you? What are you looking forward to this growing season?
2: I'm definitely looking forward to an expansion of the things that I was growing last year and growing more things inside, specifically herbs. And I'm like really actually not as familiar with herbs outside of like what you cook with or what mm-hmm. people are used to cooking with. So, but I really want to get into it um, to learn more of the, the healing properties behind using herbs and how the different ways that we can use them and not just cooking, but ma- but making teas um, and being creative with how we do that. So I would just, I just made a little list of like some of the herbs I grabbed from New Haven Landra Trust actually coming through for the the people who garden um, in the gardens um, and uh, giving away seeds the other day. So chives, obviously, you know, lemon basil, um, I got sweet marjoram, mm-hmm. um, sorrel, which I'm very familiar mm. with that, actually. I was like, ooh, sorrel. You know, um, chervil, um, summer savory, spearmint and parsley. But you know, there's so many other things. Uh, last summer, I, w- I was growing some okra. I was like one of the only people in the garden interested in growing okra. I was like, yeah, let's grow like ooh, yeah. like, probably three or four plants. And they went, they grew so much. <laughs>
0: Do they get super tall?
2: So long, yeah. too. I was like, I've never even seen okra get this long. Yeah. Like, it's... Right. It's
0: like six inches long it, they will just, I know, I've seen it. Like, you got to check
2: on those, like, every other day. Yeah. Like, at least. Um, so, it was really um, fun growing that for the first time and seeing it. And did you grow that right here? I grew, in the armory I grew that right here okay. in the Armory Garden. Um, and are, and you,
0: are you growing in other gardens as well?
2: I'm not, outside of home, but... I definitely will be doing it this summer in uh, New Hallville. And which garden are you working on in New Hallville?
1: So, yes, um, I also help the community gardeners on Star Street. Yeah. Um, it's a land trust garden on Star Street. Um, that particular group is uh, a new gardening group. So, that started last year, too. It's like the same year as Armory started. And so, that's moving forward as well.
0: For a long time, that was called the farm. There was like a big farm and little farm on Star Street and there's an older gentleman who grew there. Yes. So now there's a new group. Yes. So
1: I'm glad you asked that question. So um, yes, the big farm and little farm is there and those things are lovely. So the group actually through the New Haven Land Trust was able to secure like a third of the big farm. Okay. And so I was there to help them, you know, just assist them with the
0: Basically, the things that so they're growing in a section of the big farm and the yes, the, in, but the person who was growing there yes, I think was,
1: his name is Wendell, I want to say, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, indeed. Yeah, because yes. he's an older gentleman yes, from indeed. the neighborhood who's he has been growing really there a nice long
0: time and giving food out to the community. Yes, indeed. Okay, so, he, so he's still growing there. Yes, and he. Okay, welcomed,
1: good. He welcomed us in, and it was, it was been awesome ever since. Indeed, indeed.
0: Good. So, so there's now a group that's growing in a small small area there.
1: Yes, about a third of the area in the back. Um, we have about. 10 beds i want to say 10 to 12 beds um and that was successful last year uh, and
0: what's what's happening with the food from there is it good
1: question so that goes to just the, um, the gardeners okay. um it it was a you know it was a decent amount of beds but it wasn't enough to like actually start walking around the neighborhood and that's something that um gets lost too i'm glad you asked that question um, when we do this work if you're looking from the outside in it's just like people see a lot but it like they don't understand what like yield is and like how to really like assess like what a yield can be and how to really feed people on a a real basis but besides just giving them like a tomato to help with their entire meal for the family you get what I mean so keeping that in mind yeah so we kept it with the gardeners the people who showed up it was open to people in the neighborhood so people showed up consistently they were um really more interested in learning how to grow than you know like i want this i want that or whatever like it was awesome a lot of this has been documented too on my um social media so we'll give you that later yeah, on yeah native of yes. praxis right yes indeed yeah indeed, we'll, indeed.
0: we'll post that up on on the dot as well thank
2: you and i just want to say there was um to, for whatever reason last year i guess it was a maybe too cool of a summer to really get ripened tomatoes mm-hmm. so like and this is the problem I think a lot of people were having just in general. But like they were just green, they stayed green. So I I would harvest them, and I made some fried green tomatoes, and they were bomb. That's great.
0: I'm glad you talked about this thing around yield because you know sometimes people start to think like, oh, I can just put in one garden bed and I'm going to have food all summer. But it takes like some real skill to to know like what. Seeds to plant, what seedlings to plant, and then what to plant when those are done, yes. right? Because you got to keep planting so that you have food through the whole season. So, and, and you're trying to actually, you're trying to actually um, feed a family, like have some impact on your grocery bill yes. and your dinner plate, right? <laughs> yes, indeed, you, you need to have some skills. So, is that part of what you're really trying to?
1: Yes, indeed. So, with um the Love Fed um nonprofit that we're doing. Again, she talked about us offering, like, you know, the initial free basic packages. But if people are really into it, then um, if they can get the materials and the resources, like we can direct them to it, then we're also willing to help them really develop a system based off of whatever they have available, the space and the the resources and materials to really take it to another level and start either subsidizing your grocery bill or just addressing your own personal health issues or whatever that you have. Um we're not doctors or anything. I don't want to make it sound sure. like that. But, you know, just like, you know, eat the right types of foods. We're here to help you get those right types of foods mm-hmm. and the best quality that you can get them for your environment. Indeed.
0: Sure. That's great that you're going to provide some of that help. Indeed. You know, you've mentioned a little bit that there's all these organizations in New Haven and schools that mm-hmm. are doing some of this work. Mm-hmm. And you all are sort of stepping out on your own to yes. do this. Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about um, what you feel like you're doing that those organizations are are maybe not? Um, doing are yes. able to do.
1: No problem. Um, you had mentioned something earlier about um, the people that we serve being um, largely African-American based and that we're African-American. Another thing to put into that is that they're also from New Haven and we're New Haven natives um, and that really matters Like because we literally navigated these neighborhoods before we even thought about community gardens. We know these people a lot of the people you know people you know turn around or whatever but um, a lot of like the, the locals we actually know our families are connected like right. So I feel like a lot of organizations, just off of what an organization is, if you don't have, like, enough manpower, you can't be super personal because you're here to serve a very wide range of people. Um, And I feel like our organization kind of, like, focuses that with New Haven and, again, like, just the the demographics that we're trying to serve. And so we're able to um, take that and really just, again, reach people, on a one-on-one level which from a sales point of view always yields better results.
2: Right. Yeah, cuz I mean already personally we know a lot of people that are like and the, and when you know people from your own community mm-hmm. um or in and, and or they look like you mm-hmm. um and they want to help you in in such a way to like maybe help you build a bed in your own backyard, mm-hmm. you're you feel more comfortable mm-hmm. um around that definitely um because it's like a familiar face or even like having family come over and help you do something mm-hmm. versus like if you're not connected with the community or not from it it's doing something like that well, what we're trying to do would be kind of daring in a way because it would be like you know not many people would be around for it right, <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> naturally indeed. so yeah
0: yeah it's important what you're talking about and i think there's a challenge in new haven like there's a lot of good organizations but they don't always have those deep roots in the community Mm, like sometimes whether it's because they're white-led or Mm -hmm. because they are led from people who are not from New Haven Mm -hmm. which I relate to as well as a New Haven native sometimes being in those organizations Mm -hmm. and being like you need to go out and really (laughs) develop these these relationships (laughs) and leadership right and Mm -hmm. I think there's the intention and desire to do that but it doesn't always manifest and so I think what you're doing in terms of Um, also this piece around starting with people in their homes Mm -hmm. is really important. Mm -hmm. Like I've actually never gardened in a community garden, not because I don't want to, or Mm -hmm. think it's a good idea, Mm -hmm. but I'm a parent, I work like, and so, Mm -hmm. you know, having something at my home is, is important. And I do think that's a, I think that's really transformational to also get people started Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And then as you're talking about, like connecting them into these bigger issues Mm -hmm. uh, and connecting them into their community Mm -hmm. and like understanding this relationship of like growing food mm-hmm. and just that feeling of like taking care of a plant mm-hmm. and, and seeing it grow mm-hmm. and feeling like you had some agency mm-hmm. in making that happen, I think can be really transformational it definitely, is. It definitely and, is. and then using that as a tool to be like, look what you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. Do right. you want to teach that to someone else right. or connect with other people who are doing it and mm-hmm. share however that affected you, whether it was like I tried something I never tried before mm-hmm. or, or wow, I had success at something and right. I don't feel very successful in school or in my work, mm-hmm. but I had success in, in doing this. Mm-hmm. So I think on s- there are so many opportunities mm-hmm with growing food to Mm -hmm. transform people's lives, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because it can be about diet. It can be about success in in growing something or even failure in growing something and knowing like, oh, I'm just going to plant another seed. (laughs) That that one didn't work. Like, Mm -hmm. and to hear from like 10 other people, oh yeah, my tomatoes didn't turn red this year either. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but my lettuce turned out great because it wasn't so hot. So my lettuce didn't get all bitter, you know? And so Mm -hmm. um, I think there's, I think growing food is a really um, powerful thing in connecting, connecting with living things Mm -hmm. because we're often connecting with digital things, right. cars, technology, things that are not alive. And I think that that starts to have an impact on, on our souls and Indeed. on our bodies. Right. So,
1: and to add to like what you were saying just made me think about it. Like, There's a, a level of intellect that comes with growing um, and stimulation, like intellectual stimulation. Um, a lot of people may look at a farm like, oh, you just plant seed and you just take care of it. But the things you were saying about because it was so cold, maybe the lettuce grew better and like the real reasons why that happens, Like, there's so much that could be in, entwined into what we're advocating.
2: Natural, It's like natural science really um, is, yeah. that people are are getting involved in even, and they don't even know it too. And so you start doing it, you start planning and things like that, you get more into it. And then you're like, oh, like, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, But it's like, food is like the most natural way to even learn to, you know, something like that and get people into it, which is, you know, down the line, we also, um, you know, want to recruit people to um help us be on our team and also be able to teach other people um about gardening as well um and with all the concerns that are coming up around the world um you know small communities don 't need to be left out of conversations that they can be, but you know if if people are getting awareness even just from growing food and then it can turn into something like you know. Us training people and then a lot of these kids maybe going on to do like major going to college and major in like food studies or in agriculture um, or environmental studies um, that they can be the people who are from who are most affected by environmental things and can be go into these fields and then you know go into you know maybe even policy making to be the people who change it in our future because you know everybody's talking about 2050 how are we going to feed you know like 9 billion people or something crazy like and there's going to be and it's already happening with droughts throughout the world and in Cape Town and stuff like that and you're just like we need to get to the people to start thinking now, and it could start on a really small level, but then be something bigger that we're contributing to. Um, you know, just helping with, you know, um, preparing for and you know de de escalating the climate change effect that we have yeah. on the
0: world. This is so important what you just said, and that the people who are most affected and impacted by climate, by environmental problems, health problems, poverty, like all of these things that are really Um, problems in our society that those people are not often included in figuring out how to define what the problem is how to figure out what the solutions are and how to actually then be in leadership to implement those changes and so I was going to ask you what is the what is the bigger impact you want to have with your work but you just answered it and I think that that is so so
2: important definitely definitely yeah
0: (laughs) 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 yeah So, I think that we're actually just about out of time. Um,
1: Follow us on social media. Oh,
2: yes. Social media. So important. It's been actually really important now, especially. So, um, we have a GoFundMe for those who want to donate. And that's where you can find more information on specific goals that we have. We have, like, a media and then long-term as well, which includes, like, ultimately getting land that's just in New Haven that's just for agricultural and educational use. Also we have uh, Facebook um, and Instagram right now that is Love Fed NHV, and then we're launching a website soon as well so that but when we do that that'll be on the social media. We have an event coming up on May 5th in collaboration with the Lineage Group um, and the launch of one of their new brands called Zivioso Community Preservation Alliance um, in which they would be teaching um, a lot of acti- like uh, survival skills and you know, growing your own food has a lot to do with that. That's why we're partnering up in collaboration with this event to kind of launch the official launch of like, Love Fed New Haven and their new brand, and it's going to be at King Robinson School. So May 5th at King Robinson from School. From 1 to 4 p.m. Great. Yes. So we'll
0: put all of that information up at thetableunderground.com. And so if people want to donate, they're donating to help you have funds to be able to go build gardens for free for people out in low-income communities. Yes. And do you also provide services if people wanted to pay for services to have gardens built? Is that something that you're doing?
2: Yes.
1: Yes, we are. Uh, Again, we want to keep our target base to New Haven. But yes, indeed.
0: Thank you both so much for joining me. Appreciate you taking it. Yeah, indeed.
2: thank you so much. We appreciate your support, love, all all the good things and conversations that you are producing.
0: Thank you. If you want to learn more about Love Fed, donate to support their work or sign up to have a garden bill at your home. You'll find all the links at thetableunderground.com. You'll also find info about the New Haven organizations mentioned in this interview and links to the Black and Latinx Farmers Immersion at Soulfire Farm in upstate New York. For lots more info, past episodes, articles, recipes, and more, go to our website, thetableunderground.com. As always, you can listen in on any podcasting site and follow us on all the social medias. You're listening to 103.5 WNHH Community Radio.